Welcome back to All Eyes on Sports. I'm your host, Matthew Sula, and today we're going to be getting into the NFL Divisional Rounds, my thoughts, predictions, and gambling picks on the games. After that, I'll be getting into the top 10 NBA teams right now and my predictions for the conference finals games, matchups, and the who I think will be in the NBA Finals. After that, I'll be getting into my top 20 NBA players at the moment and who I think is currently leading in the MVP race and who will eventually win it. But for now, as I said, let's get started with the big issue at hand here, which is the NFL divisional round, the NFL playoffs. I'll be going in chronological order of the games as they happen. So we're gonna be starting with the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Kansas City Chiefs with a spread of eight and a half points in favor of the Chiefs and over under 52 and a half. Now, I think uh, most people are picking the Chiefs to absolutely destroy the Jaguars, which I understand. You look at these two names and you just think, well, Jaguars aren't good. They were a 9-8 team. They were down 27 nothing last week against the Chargers. And the Chiefs are just going to beat the brakes off of them. But uh, I don't see that happening here. I think the Jags are going to be coming in hot. I mean, they have a lot of momentum. They're riding high. Usually what uh, everyone says is go against your gut. This uh, safe pick is usually the wrong pick. <laughs> And uh, that's why I'm going to be taking the Jags to at least cover the spread at 8.5. I still think the Chiefs are going to win, but it's going to be a close game. The Chiefs are 6-11 and 11 against the spread this year. That's really bad. And 8.5 is a lot of points. Um, they've only covered the spread uh, four times at home. They're 4-5 and five at home. They did already play each other this season. Uh, and the Chiefs won 27-17, but that was in midst of the Jags and the really really poor showing they've since uh, won six straight games seven of their last eight and they've scored 29 and a half points in their last six games I mean and this this I tell you there's nothing no team plays harder than a team with nothing to lose there's no pressure on this Jags scene they've already gotten farther than anyone thought that they had any business to <clears throat> I mean, all the pressure's on the Chiefs cause, and Patrick Mahomes. Could you could you imagine going into the offseason and then in the next season everyone's saying, oh, my God, I can't believe Patrick Mahomes lost to Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars? I mean, all the pressure's on the Chiefs right here. I think the Jags are going to be able to go in quickly and punch them in the mouth. They don't have the best defense in the league. <clears throat> They're 24th in the league. Uh, against the pass, letting up the most yards, and they uh, give up the fifth most pass first downs, which, I mean, this Jags team doesn't like to run the ball. They don't trust Travis Etienne all that much. <clears throat> so I think that uh, the Jags can be coming out and absolutely shocking everybody and making this seem like a close game, at least keeping it a one-score game. I mean, that's really all they have to do. And uh, the Jags' defense is nothing to really laugh at either I mean in their last six they've only allowed 18 points per game all season they've only allowed four touchdowns to the tight ends which means if they can keep that up here against the Chiefs I mean you can keep Travis Kelsey to uh, maybe just even a lot of yards but no touchdowns so let him score I mean he's their number one threat on offense I mean obviously outside of Patrick Mahomes he's their number one skill player 
they should be able, if they can stop him, to definitely keep this one close. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, er- earlier this week they asked Trevor Lawrence about um, the noise in Arrowhead because it's, it's known for being one of the rowdiest crowds, one of the biggest uh, home bases in the league. And he's like, I don't think the noise is going to be a complaint. I don't think it would be any louder than the noise at uh, their home game against the Chargers. And I got to say, for someone who was at the game, they were, at halftime you could hear a pin drop. As that game kept going, they kept coming back. They kept scoring that game, that crowd. We got loud. We got really loud. That was probably the loudest I've ever heard a crowd in all my years of going to sporting events. Uh, so, yeah, my final pick for that game is going to be Jags plus eight. I think that's the way to go. I don't think the Chiefs are going to blow them out like everyone thinks. Next, <clears throat> we got the NFC East matchup. Giants-Eagles, third matchup of the year. Eagles are favored by seven and a half. And again, I'm going to be taking the road dog in this one. I mean, these teams know each other. They play twice a year. Obviously not the same teams. Uh, Brian Dable's a great coach. I really like Brian Dable. I think he's fantastic. And I think he's going to be able to get his team going. And they're going to come out. And obviously, division rival, you always get up for a division rival. Even if the games weren't all that close this year. They didn't start any of their starters, Giants, in their last game. Against the Eagles in the season finale. They're going to come out hard. And you know what? Jalen Hurts, he's just not 100%. And if Jalen Hurts isn't 100%, then this Phillies team isn't 100%. Their offensive line is the most penalized line in the NFL. So they're going to be, I think, under a lot of pressure. They're going to, again, the Giants are a team with nothing to lose. Wild card team, they were not supposed to be here. They're basically playing with house money. Philly was going in a huge, into the season as huge favorites to win the Super Bowl. And as they kept playing, like the pressure's just going to keep building and building. And Philly is a hard place to play, especially for Phillies, because that crowd will turn on you in an instant. <clears throat> also, Philly, not good against the spread. 8-9 on the season against the spread. The Giants, 13-4 against the spread. That's fucking awesome. They just win you money if you bet on the Giants. So I got to say, I mean, the Giants are, to keep it within a touchdown, they only have to lose by a touchdown. The Giants are a really, really smart play here. I, I I don't see how. I mean, there's always obviously the possibility that the Eagles come out and route them, but I don't think Brian Dave will let that happen. This, I mean, I'm not going to say they have the feel of a 2007, uh, 2011 Giants team. They don't quite have the talent that those teams had. But Daniel Jones isn't making mistakes. He's playing very smart. He's using his legs. Uh, they got a good defensive line, good defense. Saquon Barkley's playing like the fifth overall pick that he was or wherever he was drafted. I mean, that guy's playing great. <clears throat> so, again, here I'm going to be taking the Giants at the Eagles to cover. Um, I think the Eagles are still going to win this game. Eagles are still going to win this game, but it's going to be a field goal game. The Giants are going to cover the 7.5. Next game, going on to Sunday, we got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Buffalo Bills, a game we were supposed to get 
in week 17, but obviously didn't get because of the DeMar Hamlin situation. But spread is five and a half. I did not like the way the Bills played last week at all. Josh Allen keeps making stupid mistakes after super mistakes. And the Bengals, all season, 12 and 4 against the spread. Uh, they've won nine straight games. The Bills, 7, 8, and 1 against the spread on the season. They've still won eight straight games. Very impressive. But I think the Bengals, the Bengals are going to cover and win this game, actually. <clears throat> In that game, I mean, it looked like Joe Burrow was just going to throw all over the Bills all night long. And I think he's going to do the same thing here. I mean, on the season, Joe Burrow's kind of 97.7 passer rating. He's absolutely crushing it. And, uh, in his five playoff games in his career, he's only thrown two interceptions. Only two interceptions. Not great with six touchdowns. Josh Allen actually has better numbers in the playoffs. Uh, three interceptions in his seven playoff games, but two of them came last week. He's not looking good. He's looking sloppy. I'm not sure he's 100%. And, again, this Bills defense looked bad last week. They looked bad against Skylar Thompson. Skylar Thompson was a third-string quarterback on the Miami Dolphins behind Tua and Teddy Bridgewater. You gotta be bad to be the third string behind those two guys. I mean, he looked like a pro bowler. <laughs> Meanwhile, I mean, Joe, like I said, Joe Burrow's just gotta throw all over these guys. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, uh, Tyler Boyd. He's gonna throw all over them. Joe Mixon's gonna have himself a day. And uh the Bengals the Bengals give up the second least pass yards allowed. They say, we're not going to let you beat us in the air. Where almost every team beats you nowadays. You're going to have to run on us. And the Bills do not have a great rush offense. They Numbers look better than they do because uh, Josh Allen, I mean, he gets, everyone's so concerned with his arm that they forget about his legs sometimes and he can crush it that way. But I think the Bengals are going to be able to limit that a little bit. Um <clears throat> The Bengals are also the fourth-least penalized team in the NFL. They're not going to beat themselves. You have to beat them. There's no way that they're going to beat themselves. you got to beat them, which, I mean, the Bills are capable of doing. I just think this Bengals team is so good. I love Joe Burrow. I love their weapons. I, I, lo I like everything about them. I think they're going to go into uh, Buffalo and steal this. Not steal this game because they're going to right out beat them. It's going to be a close game. But, I mean, easy Bengals plus five and a half. That number's so high. I mean, I think they think that there's going to be some kind of emotional advantage to Buffalo, but we didn't see that last week. I thought we were going to see that last week, and they only won by a field goal. So, yep, giving the Cincinnati Bengals, they're going to cover the spread yet again. Even if they didn't look great last week against the Ravens, that's a great defense. That's a really good defense that they still put up 24 points against, or 17, really, because of the, the uh, fumble return, but this Bills defense is no Ravens defense, and I think Joe Burrow is going to have himself a day. So give me the Bengals plus five and a half and the win. Final game. You got the Dallas Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers with the Niners being favored by three and a half points. I think this game is going to be a blowout. I love the Niners. I love everything about them. And beware the team that looked great in the first round. Because you're going to say, man, that team looked awesome in the first round. They absolutely destroyed their opponents as they did with the Bucks, who have looked bad all season. I mean, they were 8-19. They looked slow. 
uh, Brady and Mike Evans were not on the same page despite being their third season together. That was crazy. But this, I don't think this Cowboys team, I think they're fraudulent. I think that was a absolutely, like, it, it, that game is not going to happen again from Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's not going to do that against his 49ers defense. They do not blow coverages like the Bucks did last week. I mean, when you got Joey Bosa on your ass, you got Fred Warner out there, you got all these guys, and they're going to come right at Dak, and he is going to be uncomfortable all night. I mean, I, I, I think Dak is going to be in hell against the Niners. The Niners also 11-6 uh, on the season against the spread, 7-2 and two at home. Meanwhile, the Cowboys are 4-9 and nine on the road against the spread. So this is 3.5. I'm definitely going to be taking the Niners. And also, you just got to look at the coaches. It's Kyle Shanahan versus Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy's a bad coach, especially when compared to Shanahan. Shanahan's been to two Super Bowls. I mean, one as a offensive coordinator. He lost both pretty bad fashions, but he gets a little uh, conservative at times. But I think he's learned his lesson by now. I don't, I don't think there's any bench. And also, again, on their third-string quarterback, Brock Birdie. But he's looked awesome. Brock Birdie has looked awesome this season. I mean, last week he threw for three touchdowns and a passer rating of 131.5. Absolutely insane. He has not lost as a starter uh, this season. And really, I guess technically, in his career, he is still a rookie. But this, again, like I said, this Mike Shanahan offense is insane. It's so good. And, I mean, Jimmy G looked awesome in it. Trey Lance, I mean, I think you give up on Trey Lance at this point. Brock Purdy's your guy. But uh, he's just been crushing it. He's calm, cool, collected. He's not going to feel the pressure. I think he's I think he's the guy for this team and he's looking awesome. Also this the last time the Dallas Cowboys played a team with a record over 500, they let up 40 points. This defense is not what we thought it was in the beginning of the season. It's a lot worse. They just don't get the job done again. Mike McCarthy, bad coach. Their left tackle, Jason Peters, he got hurt last week. He's not going to be 100%. He's going to be in a whirlwind. And you know, this San Francisco 49ers, they got a top five offensive line in the league. They only let up one sack last week in Seattle. I know that's Seattle, but still, one sack, very impressive, and a huge playoff game where their nerves, no one looked nervous out there. Everyone looked like they were there ready for business, and that's just going to continue. That's just going to continue. Give me the 49ers, minus three and a half. I think this is going to be an absolute blowout, and we're going to be watching Stephen A. Smith the next day, just laughing his little heart out at the 49ers. We're going to see Shannon making fun of Skip. We're going to be seeing all that because I think the Cowboys are going to get embarrassed. Now let's get into my top NBA teams at the moment. We're going to be starting from the bottom. So this is going to be starting at 10 and working our way to 1. So at 10, I got the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, this team is very well structured, very well put together. The trade acquisition of Donovan Mitchell is absolutely huge. This guy's playing out of his skull this year. Multiple giant point games. He had the 71-point game. I believe he's had multiple 40-point games. He's absolutely crushing it. And, you know, with guys like Darius Garland, who can run this offense very well, make sure everybody's all in the right spot and everything. 
well-structured. Evan Mobley in his second year, he's only going to get better. His ceiling is very high, very high indeed. I really like this Cavs team, but right now they're at 10. And right before them, we're going to go with the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. I know they have their injuries and getting to the playoffs, like their choke artists along with James Harden and Joel Embiid, they tend to disappear a little bit in the playoffs, whether that be for full games or just stretches going forward, like Embiid is known to just, he can, he can go the final six minutes without taking a shot. I've seen it, and that happened in that Ben Simmons game where everyone said he gave up. Embiid was absolutely horrible in that game, horrible. And I think nobody talked about that enough because Ben Simmons gave up a wide-open shot, but meanwhile, Joel couldn't do a single thing. But I do still think they have Joel Embiid, who is one of the best players in the league. They have James Harden, who's, again, a prolific scorer and still very good. Can't, can't bat an eye at him. Okay. <clears throat> Next, we got the Warriors. A uh, lot of injuries. I mean, Steph was out for a while, and when Steph is out, it's basically like shooting a knife right through their heart. I mean, but Jordan Poole is coming into his own as a prolific scorer. Clay Thompson is, you know, on the back end of his career, but he's still looking like himself at times. I think they're still very good. Draymond's Draymond. I mean, he's going to give you that eight, six, and six, but try on every single, every single possession on defense. He's obviously like the nucleus when they're on, when they're on the court to make everybody know what the task is at hand. Seven, we're going to give the Mavs, and really I should just write Luka because everyone else on this team is, you know, they're good, but they're not helping this guy. This, if Lu- if Luka wasn't on this team, this team would win like 20 games. Uh, he he is he is incredible. I'm just gonna, The Mavs, I'm going to put a seven right now. And really I should probably switch them with the Warriors. So, yeah, let's pretend like I put the Mavs at eight and the Warriors at seven. Six, when fully healthy, it's the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. They're deep. There's literally no one, maybe maybe Joel Embiid, who can answer to uh, Zion. Uh, when Ingram is healthy, he's just, you know, he's Kevin Durant light, but he's still so good. Ingram is so good, and when he comes back, it's going to be him, Zion, CJ McCollum, who is obviously a veteran Great score, great basketball player. He's great. Uh, the Pels, very deep, like I said. I think they're, the, when healthy, they're the sixth best team in the league. <clears throat> Five, give me the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, I've never been more wrong about anything in my life than John Morant. Because, you know, when when drafts happen, you got to pick one or the other. Like when it was uh, uh, Jameis or Mariota, you, got, you had to pick one and you ride with them. I rode... I rode with Zion Williamson, and I was like, you know, Jaws bad. Jaws bad. This man has shut me up. I've never been more wrong in my life. But another deep team, Desmond Bain, um, Jackson, guys like that. I mean, this team is so deep. They, their coach has them trying on every possession. They, they're they the epitome of effort, too. I mean, I do think it's a little when uh, Thibodeau, does this with his team they play hard all season then the playoffs come and they're going to fizzle out I do think that is why they're never going to make the finals or even like especially win the finals like they're just going to be so worn out by the time that comes that 
I think that's a problem. But they are the fifth best team right now. <clears throat> Again, fully healthy this next pick. But number four, I'm going to give the Nets. Because when Kevin Durant is out there, they were on fire. They were winning, like, every game. They were on, like, an 80% uh, clip at, at winning. It, when, once he gets back, this is going to be one of the most dangerous teams in the league. Because Kevin Durant is so good. Number three, again, fully healthy. We got the Bucks. Once Chris Middleton comes back and he's healthy and it's him, Giannis, uh, who's the other guy? Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen could be that little pesky, like Patrick Beverly-like role. They're going to be great. They're going to be great. There's there's really nothing else you can say about the Bucks other than Giannis is one of the best players on the, on the planet. And two, we have getting a little bit ahead of myself. Uh, who what I think it, who I think is the best player in the world right now with the Denver Nuggets and Nikola Jokic. I mean, another you, another team that if this guy wasn't on the team would be like a twenty win team, thirty win team maybe. But with him out there, I mean, Jamal Murray's definitely getting back into his own. Michael Porter Jr. Once he gets in a groove, he's one of the best scorers in the league. I mean, they're. I, I I like what they got here a lot. That's a big three that's hard to match up with. I mean, I would put that against any big three in the league, especially since you have the best player on the planet right now. I got them at number two with the best record in the in the West. Number one, I'm sure everyone it's it's the Boston Celtics. I mean, the way that they're playing, uh, coming off a Finals loss, you thought they'd have a Finals hangover. They lost their head coach in the beginning of the season. Doesn't matter. Jason Tatum is fucking amazing. Jalen Brown is taking a step. This team is deep. This team is well-coached. I don't know the name of their coach. Uh, I probably should have looked that up before this, but they are well-coached. They play hard. Jason Tatum is showing what he is and what he can be, and shit, he's still like, what, 19? Uh, <coughs> the the Celtics are the best team in the league right now. Now, what I have for my predictions for the conference championships and the playoffs, this is what I think is going to happen. Uh, despite me saying the Nuggets are the best team in the West right now and them having the best player, I don't think – I think when it gets to playoff time, it's going to be end up being the Warriors because I think Steph's going to be healthy. Everyone's going to be playing – have played with each other. Everyone's going to have a – know their role, and they've been there before. Steve Kerr is one of the best in the league, and they're going to be playing <clears throat> as long as they're fully healthy, the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans are going to end up – in the Western Conference Finals, it's going to be one of those years too early. They're so deep. No one's going to have as – lo- as long as Zion can stay on the court and Ingram can stay on the court, I mean, no one's going to be able to score with these guys except maybe the except the Warriors. The Warriors will be the only team that can really hang with these guys. They're two totally different, two totally different styles, and they're going to clash in the Western Conference Finals, I think. Eastern Conference Finals, <clears throat> giving the Celtics and the Nets. Because once Kevin Durant comes back, that dude is not not getting to the finals. I mean, he's going to show – and he's going to get his revenge last year, I think, on Jason Tatum. And I was like, is Tayson, Jason Tatum better than Durant? He's locking him down. Ooh, is he – no, he's not. No, no. And, I mean, Kyrie, since Durant's been out, Kyrie's been playing amazing. As long as he can keep that up and they can play at the exact – at that level at the exact same time, this is going to be a really fun team. And, like I said – Nets, Celtics, it's going to be a lot of fun. But for my finals, 
So who's going to make it out of those four teams? I have the Nets going against the Warriors. We need this. We need to see Kevin Durant versus Steph Curry. Two former teammates going head-to-head. And I, it, it, it's what the NBA needs, honestly, I think. And, you know, everyone thinks every sport is rigged anyways. If this sport's rigged, if they're healthy, we're getting the Nets versus the Warriors. And that's my prediction with uh, – <sighs> I, I, I don't know who wins that, honestly. I think I would lean the Warriors going back-to-back. And Steph's going to get his fifth ring, and then everyone can finally see just how fucking great, important, and all-time this guy is. I think, so, finals predictions, Nets, Warriors, Warriors going over. As of right now, January 20th, 2023, that is my prediction. Um, Card subject to change, you know, that might be different. Uh, down the line as I watch more of the season as we get to the actual playoffs I'll have different predictions but as of right now I, I think it's going to be the Nets and the Warriors in the NBA Finals now some of these guys are injured some of these guys uh, you're going to say why are they they're too high they're too low but this is just completely up to me obviously this is my list I'm not going to spend a lot of time going into statistics more so eye test mainly because like the numbers this year are so inflated it seems like that you know one guy is definitely going to have better stats than another but just like the way that they impact the game and all that is insane um we're going to start with 20 to 16 the bottom five at number 20 i have bam Adebayo of the miami heat uh one just one of the best defenders in the league uh, the way that he disrupts shots all the time. He's averaging over 20 a game. He's 20 for me. <clears throat> 19, Kyrie Irving. I mean, his stats, I mean, not his stats. His skills just speak for themselves. He's fucking incredible. One of the, uh, probably the best ball handler in the league. He's amazing. And uh, he's he's never been the guy on a team. He's much better suited as a uh, number, you know, number two. That's why when, like, Durant's there, this team's going to be unbelievable. 18, Paul George. <clears throat> Give it to Paul. He, he's just solid constantly all the way around. Great two-way player. Love him. Anthony Davis, I got a 17. A lot of this has to do with injury. Guy's always hurt. He just – he's not aggressive enough for me. I know he's arguably probably, like, a top 10 talent, but right now I got him at 17. 16, Dame Lillard. No one scores like this guy. His pull-up game is incredible. He really hasn't lost a step even with a lot of the injuries. Dame Lillard, 16. <clears throat> 15, again, injured player, Devin Booker. But the, what he means to the Suns is just <clears throat> unbelievable. He's down there right now mainly because of injury. I mean, obviously, like without him, the Suns are floundering when he was there. They were at one of the best records in the league. Now, not so much. Uh, 14, Jalen Brown. Number two, he if he he could be the number one guy on a lot of teams. He's he just gets better every year. He's so good. What he what he can do, like he can, he can just take over the team whenever Jason Tatum isn't on the floor. He's so important to this team. He slash, he can shoot, he defends. Jalen Brown, 14. 13, Jimmy Butler. I love Jimmy Butler. I love him so much. He's just sometimes a little just he's just not aggressive enough a lot 
Uh, if he were more of a – he's got a killer mindset. He really does. But he just doesn't do it. He can take over the game in every aspect. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be a distributor tonight. I'll score tonight. Cause if he wanted to, he could probably get 40 every night. But <clears throat> he's so good at getting to his spot. 12, we got SGA. He's young. He scores. He is a bona fide number one. Love SGA. <laughs> Uh, number 11, <clears throat> we got Zion Williamson. Literally, again, if, if he was healthy all the time, he would probably be higher. You can't stop this guy. You can't stop this guy. He's the modern-day Charles Barkley. He he gets to, like, his second jump so quickly. He jumps, and, like, within a millisecond of hitting the ground, he's back in the air. He's so good. Side to side. He's huge. You can't defend this guy. <clears throat> Sorry. Bang, battling a little bit of a cold here. Uh, 10, Donovan Mitchell, what he's been able to do with this Cavaliers team is just incredible. He's turned them around, made them a real contender. His scoring is off the charts. He's happier, which makes him just play better. He's not as much of a defensive liability as he was in Utah when he wouldn't try because he fucking hated Rudy Gobert and the rest of the team. And just being Utah, he seems a lot happier in Cleveland. <coughs> Uh, number nine, we got John Morant. This dude is like Derrick Rose 2.0 from his MVP years. He's got his posters, man, are just unbelievable. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, I mean, without him, they still win a lot, but he makes them a championship contender. Uh, eight, Steph Curry. Love him. Uh, at one point, he was my number one in the league, but right now, injury, he's been injured a lot past few seasons <clears throat> but when he's on uh, I mean there's no better when he's on he just means so much he's getting older that's all this is number 8 it's no disrespect I love Steph but right now I just gotta put him at 8 <clears throat> 7 again injury Kevin Durant Kevin Durant probably the best scorer of all time he's so good he's 7 feet tall and he has the smoothest jump shot you've ever seen but injuries putting him at 7 right now <laughs> number six we got LeBron James I mean he's in my opinion the best to ever do it he is 37 38 he's getting up there in age and he has not lost a step he's still averaging what like 20 I think he's averaging 26 8 and 8 which is just fucking unbelievable at year 20 I believe year 20 in the league this guy is I, I, I know he's lost in the final yada 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 but I think he's the best player of all time and it's just that his team's not winning is the only reason he's at six. <clears throat> uh, number five, Jason Tatum. This dude gets better every year. He's become that killer that he has to be. He's averaging, I believe, over 30 points a game. He's taken this Boston Celtics team to the next level. He lost the finals, and he didn't put his head down and just wallow in his and sulk in his sorrows. This dude went out worked and got better Joel Embiid he's like modern day Shaq he's so big you can't you can't stop him you can't stop this guy he he gets to his spot he does the only issue with Joel I mean he's averaging like 34 a game right now the only issue with Joel is play, when it comes to playoff time he, he disappears he disappears at times he's a bit of a liability out there he's just he gets gassed he's so big he gets gassed that's it number three I have Luka Doncic, who 
when it's all said and done, I think is going to be my GOAT. I think by the time he's at the end of his career, I don't care if he has two championships. This dude plays basketball better than anybody that I've ever seen at such a young age. This dude is unbelievable. He can do whatever he wants on a court. If he just improves his jump shot and his three-point shooting, I mean, this guy's going to be... This guy could... He's, what, 23, and he's averaging 34 a game? Wait till he's 20... 26 and he's averaging 39 a game hopefully like again his team just sucks he's, he's never going to be able to win a championship with this team they really got to help him I don't know why they thought Christian Wood replacing Jalen Brunson was going to be the answer I guess they thought uh, Spencer Dinwiddie was going to take that Brunson role and when Luka's off the court he can run the offense score and go through him it's clearly not working they got to get this man some help number two Second, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, I mean, what is there to say about this guy? He, he, he's one step after the free throw line, and he's dunking the ball. This guy, he, he's truly just unstoppable. His size, his strength, his speed, all of it's unstoppable. He can do whatever he wants. He gets to the basket at will. If he just stopped shooting threes, he would be so much more efficient, and he would... I mean, he'd still probably be the second on my list, but this dude, when it's all said and done, is probably going to be a top 15, 10, probably 15 player of all time. What Giannis does, I mean, he's a Greek freak. He's an absolute freak. There's not much more to say about him. And number one, I said it uh, earlier in the show, Nikola Jokic. He's the best basketball player in the world right now. And... It's the argument I used to have with um, Antonio Brown against Julio Jones, who's the best wide receiver in the league. Uh, Julio Jones had all the physical advantages. He was, what, 6'3". He was fast. He's great speed. He had everything. And Antonio Brown being like 5'10", not having all the physical gifts. Nikola Jokic does not have all the physical gifts of a Giannis, of a LeBron, of a Jason Tatum. This dude looks like an old-timey, like, villain. Like, he just robbed the bank going, meh, meh, try and catch me, coppers. Um, but, I mean, he does, uh, he doesn't even leave his feet, and he averages, like, 10 rebounds a game. He one-hands everything. This dude is so strong. He goes up with one hand, palms the ball, Puts it down, just chucks everything one-handed. He's there's no look passes. He the touch around the rim. This guy is incredible. Without him, the Denver Nuggets would be absolutely nothing. This dude's the best player I've ever seen. He's obviously the two time not best player I've ever seen. That's that's not true. It's LeBron. Gotta be gotta be Luca. But Nikola Jokic, like there's not a lot I can say about him. Like he, he's just so every time the Nuggets are on TV, I want to watch him. Every time that there's a game on, I like find a stream. I want to watch him. Like he's just so much fun to watch. He makes everything look so easy. He's he's the best player in the league right now, in my opinion. And uh, that brings me to my MVP race. Uh, a lot of these are gonna be a little similar. Um, I do have Jokic, number one in MVP. I think he should win three years in a row because he is the most important player to his team, and he's the best player in the world right now. 
his skills are unmatched. Maybe Luka's, Luka's near there, LeBron's near there, but Jokic is unmatched skill-wise. Two, I do have Luka because if he wasn't on the Mavs, Mavs would probably be in contention for worst record in the league. Two, I do have Joel Embiid just because of his scoring, uh, his ability to, his dominance. Like, his, he's just so good. Uh, what I didn't like last year was that he was saying he was being overlooked. Like, shut up. Put your head down. Keep playing. Don't bitch about the MVP voting. You think you should get it. I don't like to see that. I I don't like players who are like, or like I should be getting individual awards. I have the same same thing with Adebayo. Like, Adebayo was like, I should be defensive player of the year. Yeah, I mean, maybe so. But, like, come on, man. Don't talk about individual awards. you got to help. Put your head down. Help the Heat win a championship. Uh, for Giannis. Giannis, uh, it, again, it's just like the the Julio Jones thing. Like, he's got every physical advantage in that there is. The Bucks are still very good, even without him. Like, they have Chris Middleton. They have Brooke Lopez, who's having an unbelievable season. They have uh, True Holiday. Like, they have a good team. They have a good team. Giannis makes them a great team, but... If Giannis wasn't there, they're still good. They're probably still like a eight, seven, eight seed in the playoffs. They're still making it. So these other teams like the Nuggets and the Mavs, like those two teams are nothing if Doncic and uh, Jokic are out. And uh, in fifth, I have Donovan Mitchell because he has just been the catalyst for that Cavs team. I mean, they were good last year. Everyone was saying, "Watch out for the Cavs." And once they made the trade to get Donovan Mitchell, that was it. That was like, okay. Okay, now they're real. They are real contenders in the NBA. They could possibly go for the Eastern Championship, be in the race for the finals. Like Donovan Mitchell really put them over the edge without him. Uh, they're, again, another good team. They're where they are last year. They're saying, look out for them next year. But no, they're here this year because of the addition of Donovan Mitchell. And I think he should be in the race for MVP. That's going to do it for this episode of all eyes on sports be sure to check us out on twitter at all eyes on twit uh online at all and on youtube at uh all eyes on as well uh we'll be back next week or i'll be back next week covering the championship games and more nba talk but for right now this has been matthew sula all eyes on sports Take it easy, guys.